Hello and welcome back to the New Life Podcast. Flip, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Me and Jade have been busy, but it's so good to be back. We've got a great episode coming up today called Conquering Fear, such an important topic in today's world. And let's get right into it. <laughs> Me and Jade were just joking that we've lost some of our music on our little controller. So we're kind of just improvising at this point, but I think it's quite cute. Jade, it's good to be back recording. Flip, it's been too long. Tell people what we've been doing. We've been super busy with traveling. Thank you, God, for blessing us that we're able to go travel. But yeah, we were in San Diego for about two weeks. And then I was in South Africa for a week. And then we went to Ireland for another three weeks. So all in all, we've been super busy with just tons of traveling. So blessed. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. And you're well in California. Yeah, we didn't bring our podcast equipment. We just got some good sun, met some great people as well. It was really, honestly, so awesome to travel again. Um, but yeah, good to be back. The show must go on. God's word can never stop. So today's episode is called Conquering Fear. Jay, why don't you give a bit of an intro and then we'll dive right in. All right. So let's talk about fear itself. So what is the definition, the dictionary definition of fear? And it is an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain or harm. So what does the Bible say about fear? Well, the verse I want to talk about is Psalm 23, 4, which is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we can see in this verse that fear can be seen as a form of death, the death of our joy, our peace and our love. And like a shadow, fear can linger over us and we can feel it when we sit in it and we can see it when we focus on it. But God says to focus on him. So fear came into the world when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit because perfect harmony with God was broken. So we were shown the sin of the world, what God was actually trying to protect us from. And the, off and the enemy often uses fear as a weapon against us to cloud our thoughts and take away our perspectives on living grateful, abundant lives. Because what does the enemy do? He comes to kill, steal and destroy, kill our joy, steal our happiness and destroy our peace. What do you want to say on fear? For me, man, I've just got Bible stories over here. I knew exactly what story I wanted to do for this podcast because it's one that's stuck with me for so long. And it's actually in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Judges. Now, people don't really read too much of the Old Testament. It's a difficult read, especially the book of Judges, especially towards the end. A lot of um, stuff that's not from God, let me say that. But like anything, all scripture is God-breathed, useful for so many things. And this is no different. You know, there's so much wisdom in this. So just to give you guys an idea, let's speak about uh, what this passage is. I think we'll dive right in. We'll get some scripture going. So pretty much this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Honestly, it's a real page turner as well. I encourage you guys to pre-read this. If you don't mind pausing, if you're in the car, that's all good. Please don't stop your car. Please don't do anything crazy. Uh, but this is in Judges 6. Um, and I'll outline the important bits as we go on. But this is the story about Gideon. Um, he's a bit of an unknown character in the Bible. But pretty much, I think Gideon really acted exactly how we tend to act in many situations today. Um, he made a lot of excuses. He had a lot of self-doubts, even questioning God directly, even when God gives him so many signs. And I think it's really important to go through this kind of scripture and really see the kind of practical tips that we can get from this and implement it into our lives. So let's unpack this. So I'm going to read because uh, God's word is awesome. So this is Judges 6 starting from verse 11. Let's go. 
The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizurite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And let me actually stop there because it's important to know the context. Everything is context in the Bible. You cannot read verses in isolation. So the story behind this is that currently the Israelites have been sinning against the Lord for a while now. They're really turning away from the Lord, going to other gods like Baal, worshiping Asherah poles, all that kind of stuff. So pretty much the Lord gave the Israelites to another nation called the Midianites. Now the Midianites were horrible to the Israelites. They were torturing them so much that the Israelites at this stage are literally making like camp in the cliffs, in the caves, like in the most remote spots of the land because they are so scared of the Midianites. Okay. So pretty much Israelites, they, they want to turn back to the God because they can't take this anymore. So they're crying out to the Lord at this point. And now the Lord is making his plan. And now he's wanting to involve Gideon. So now this is where God is appearing to him. And he's saying, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So let's continue from Judges 6, verse 13. Gideon replies, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the, not, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Gideon replies, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You're so powerful there. So basically we see here, the Lord wants to use Gideon, the weakest in the weakest family, by the way, to defeat this super military power of Midian. Incredible. So pretty much Gideon immediately comes with an excuse. First thing he says, so let's uh, read on here. Um, yeah, Gideon basically then replies, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said to him, I will wait until you return. So literally Gideon, <laughs> it's actually unbelievable here. He's trying to argue with God here. So yeah, we also feel a bit self-conscious. Maybe we're not worthy. Gideon has this case right here. So he's asking the Lord for a sign. Now, usually God is not going to entertain this. He might choose to, but often he won't with us. But I believe that God really wanted to use Gideon here because it would give him the most glory. He's the lowest in the family, in the lowest tribe. I mean, come on, what a comeback story that would be. Mm. So let's continue. This is from verse 19. So Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat from an epa of flour. He made bread without yeast, putting meat in the basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them under his oak. The angel of God then said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff with his hand. Fire flare from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Yes, like amazing. So pretty much, yeah, there. God decides to give Gideon a sign to really stir up his faith, stir up his courage. Um, and that's definitely a relatable human response. Eh? I know I've definitely asked this question before. Oh, Lord, if you want us to go there, give us a sign. Um, it's a very normal response. So we can kind of forgive Gideon here. It's very normal. So from that, Gideon obediently decides to follow God's instructions, okay? 
despite offering opposition from the townspeople, because Gideon is in a tribe, right? He's not alone. So he basically plans this thing. The townspeople hear of this and they don't want that flip. They uh, start going after Gideon, actually. Even his own father tends to uh, ask him why he's doing this. So it's quite interesting. And after all of this, Gideon's faith starts to waver again. And how true is this peer pressure? I mean, we know how powerful that is in our own lives, especially for younger people. So this again, super relatable, you know? So let's continue reading. This is from verse 33 now. Now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other Eastern people joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the Valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abyssalites to follow him. He sent messages throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms and also to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali. So that they too went up to meet him. Gideon said to God, if you want to save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and on the ground is dry, then I will know that you have saved Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew and a bowl full of water. Again, Gideon comes, his faith is wavering from all the townspeople, questioning him, and he asks for another sign, even though he just saw another sign. He asked about this uh, wool with the dew. And again, God delivers because God knows that he will get so much glory from this story. So then Gideon, again, seeing this miracle happen in front of his eyes, he says to God, do not be angry with me. Let me just make one more request. <laughs> Allow me to test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. So opposite of what just happened. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with dew. I mean, this guy, can you believe it? He's just seen so many miracles. And this is such a trap I think we fall in. God will often tell us where to go and he will often give us a sign as well. Um, but we sometimes choose to ignore these signs. Eh? We still want absolute assurance. We want the entire path lit up for us. But that's not really how God works, right? He will either show you the top of the mountain where you need to go, or he will show you the next step that you need to take, but never the full path. So yeah, super relatable, loving the story at the moment. Definitely, again, guys, please go read the story. It's really incredible. So yeah, anyway, let's continue. So after seeing this, Gideon, you know, he's committed, okay? He's going to go into battle against the Midianites. He's got some tribes with him, some loyal people. It's And this story just gets better, hey? So let's continue. Basically... If you continue reading, the battle's coming. So the Israelite army with Gideon has about 32,000 soldiers on the side, okay, including all the tribes. The Midianite army, 132,000 armies or people rather, sorry. That's a huge difference, 100,000 people difference. That's incredible. So, but the Lord looks down on this and the Lord then says, this is too many people. It's incredible actually. So the Lord then basically tells Gideon to do a few little tasks to start eliminating the, the 32,000 people down. So basically, the Lord says to Gideon, if people want to flee, let them flee. And 10,000 people go away. So now from 32,000, it's gone to 22,000. Then the Lord basically removes another 21,700 based on a test with drinking water. You guys can read that in Judges 7 verse 4. And then basically, if you do the maths, 300 people are left with Gideon against 132,000 people. Incredible. And then Gideon basically takes these 300 people and defeats the 132,000 people. It's an absolutely incredible story. I'm not going to read all of it here because I think we are stressed for time. But 
it's such an incredible story. Despite all our self-doubts and fears regarding the tasks that God calls us to do, he only asks us to trust him. God exhibits patience with us as well in all our weakness. That's the main thing that I got from this is that how patient God was. You know, this was really God's plan. You cannot deny that. And he stepped with Gideon every, every step of the way. So let's some, review some of the excuses that we saw from Gideon. Basically, he played the victim a lot. You know, he was saying, I'm the weakest in the weakest tribe. How can you use me? I'm definitely not going to get to do this. Mm-hmm. That's a big victim mentality, you know, like things thinking that you are not good enough or that the world is not kind to you, you know. God can turn that around exactly in the story. He felt unworthy. He was always asking for a sign. And then he demanded even more signs when circumstances started to get a bit more tough. Leading up to the battle, he was asking for more and more signs. And you know, these excuses are common in our daily walk with God. But basically, where do we go from now? We want to get some practical steps. So Jade, maybe you can step in with some practical steps and I can also... Yeah, so um, I also just want to add, you know, speaking about how his fear wavered because of the peer pressure and the people around him. And I just want to add the, the scripture, the fear of the Lord lay, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. This is mm. Proverbs 29, sure. 25. When we fear man, we are walking into a dangerous place because we're no longer trusting the Lord. When we start focusing on culture, on the world and what the world thinks and what our friends and people think, then we are not focusing on what God says, not putting our trust in God. We are putting our trust in people's opinions of us. Mm. So I just wanted to add that about um, peer pressure and just to be careful of the world. So let's look at some practical steps, how to biblically conquer fear. And the first one I want to say is the most obvious, which is to pray. And the scripture I want to use is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Absolutely. I also have one here based on my story. Also from my side, don't let your circumstances define your future. He didn't believe this tribe status made him unworthy to conquer the Midianites. But we know that God loves using unlikely heroes. The Bible is filled with these kind of heroes which despite all odds, achieved incredible things with God on their side. And although your circumstances may seem bleak now, remember that God can use anyone who is willing to step out in faith. What about you? For me, the next thing I want to say is to have uh, faith that God knows what he is doing. Because sometimes, you know, as people, we want to have control over everything. We want to feel like we are in control of absolutely everything. But God knows exactly what he is doing what plan he has for you. And the scripture I want to use is uh, Isaiah 41.10, which is fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So no matter where we go, what we do, as long as we're trusting in God and knowing that what he is doing is for our good, he will always help us and take that fear away. Absolutely. And it's really important to remember that you are a child of God. You know, Gideon initially doubts God, questioning his own presence and how he could allow such hardships to befall Israel. Again, that victim mentality. This doubt really hinders Gideon from immediately embracing his mission. If you find yourself doubting God's presence or his ability, it's crucial to address these concerns so you can move forward in faith because that's really going to hinder you in your walk with God. Seek God's guidance or involve other leaders that you look up to, who you trust, 
who can help you hear from him. Remember that as a child of God, you are deeply loved and worthy and have amazing plans that lie ahead of you, should you choose to accept. Gideon also doubted himself, considering his, lack, his tribe's lack of power and his low status. Inadequacy, insecurity, fear, and shame often trigger his responses, his kind of responses. However, God surpasses any obstacle or emotion we face. Mm, yeah, exactly. And the last point I want to give is to practice acts of self-care and love. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We can go about our daily lives and practice these um fruits of the spirit, the power, love, and self-control that God gives us over fear. For example, we can have a self-care day, or we can dedicate a day to God by helping people or um, giving free will offerings. We can also make a delicious meal for family and minister to them about God. This way, we can conjure up the fruits of the spirit among ourselves and people who are in the spirit of fear. Absolutely. And for sure, it's not as difficult as people think to bring God into a conversation. I mean, just shooting something in the spirits, God bless you at the end of a conversation, talking about how God has been with you in these difficult times, how he's gotten you through these things, speaking about your own testimony. I mean, no one can take that away from you. And that's really the best way to give God glory. And I love what you said there. That's really incredible. Um, last point for me as well, is also just to embrace the challenge. When we must put everything on the line in faith, it can be super intimidating. But if you know who God is and you trust fully in him, the God, the God who can do anything, I mean, come on, defeating 132,000 people, 300 people, that should already be like, whoa, this is insane. This Crazy. Is, <laughs> this is the kind of God we serve, a God who can really do anything, who literally holds the universe together, who sits on the throne in heaven, who made all of this. I mean, wow, absolutely incredible. But yeah, I think just to wrap up my side of the story, we know that Gideon portrays a man initially plagued by fear, reluctance, and self-doubt. Um, but God still decided to use him. He can use any person, despite your initial doubts as well. He decided to muster the faith to conquer his fear. That's really it. I mean, it's all by faith that we do these things. And with only 300 warriors, Gideon emerged victorious. By applying these lessons, refusing to let circumstances define your future, recognize your worth as a child of God, and having the faith to overcome, and embrace your challenge you can fulfill god's perfect purpose and that's really my side of the story i really love this thing please go read it guys it's so flippin awesome jay do you want to add anything else yeah i just want to leave a scripture with you guys for the end of this podcast episode it is deuteronomy 31 6 be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the lord your god goes with you he will never leave you nor forsake you. Absolutely. And maybe it's a good time to also mention as we wrap this up, we have a website now, an official website, which we have finally launched. Uh, Flip, it's been a long time coming. I've been hard at work at this. I'm by no means a web developer. So it's really taken a lot of patience <laughs> from my side. You did a good job. <laughs> uh, thank you. But you can find our website at www.lovechurchcommunity.com. And this website is really a home for a lot of teachings that I've written, that Jade has written. Um, they include a lot of the podcast discussions that we've had, a few extra ones as well, that really portray our beliefs and what we believe God is trying to do with our ministry. Um, it's really awesome. Go check it out. We also have links to all the podcasts there if you uh, want to check that out. 
a little bit of a, a thing about us as well. So yeah, go check it out, guys, www.lovechurchcommunity.com. Really proud of this. There's a contact form as well if you want to reach out to us uh, with some uh, feedback on the podcast or any future topics you'd like. Feel free to also leave comments on Spotify and wherever we are. It's really exciting times, you know. And now that we're back finally in Netherlands, um, we can sit down, really work on our podcast and our ministry. So please keep us in your prayers. You know, it uh, can be a tough journey, but as we just saw, we're walking with God in faith and we're hoping for amazing things that he's going to do. So, yeah, we have some really exciting episodes coming up, some potentially interesting ones that may cause some debates, but we're super, super excited, super prayerful as well, chatting with God all the time. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Hopefully next week we'll release another one. Yeah, amen to that. So do you want to pray us out or should I? Absolutely. You can go for it. All right. Thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to share your word, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word that we can dive into and just relish in it, Father, and teach us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us every single step of the way um, for who you are and to glorify you, Father. Lord, I pray for every single person listening. May you please bless them, Lord, and give them a refreshing in their soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll Thanks, check guys. you in the next one. Bye.